Episode 19, we'll be recapping episode 12 of season 2, which will be a little bit chaotic, as chaotic as the episode itself, Um, changing up how we talk about the show just a little bit from the past few episodes, um, because everything in this episode came together at the end. So we'll sort of discuss all the characters up until the final uh, ending at CrashCon, and then we can spend some time on that hella confusing ending. Um, so let's start with Liz and Max and Jenna, um, that I actually greatly enjoyed, um, all of the dynamics in this episode between the three of them and different configurations. Um, I love Liz and Max, like palpable tension where they clearly are not trusting of one another entirely. It's actually a breath of fresh air for what we get normally get from them. Headlines. If she gets caught, illegal Mexican immigrant slaughters decorated American vet via bioweapon. People will line up to lay bricks at the border wall. But hey, maybe the president will talk about my family at his rallies. That's going to be fun. That's not going to happen. This will get covered up like every other strange death in this town. In case you haven't noticed, those cover-ups don't tend to protect the Mexicans. And even when... Even when Rosa died. You can say it, Liz. It's okay, it's fair. Rosa got blamed, white people didn't. Okay, I get it. I know you're on my side, but you don't get this. And that's not your fault, it's just the reality of our experiences. If I mess up, if I so much as roll through a stop sign, it reflects badly on any Mexican who came before me. And it hurts any Mexican who comes after me. I used to think that nothing would ever change that, but lately I think maybe if something extraordinary happened, it could. Extraordinary? Like what you're doing in your lab? I've discovered something that could be the key to curing people who have no hope. Otherwise, I can't walk away. So you're gonna turn my family's stem cells into the hottest commodity? No, I I won't. I... We'll find a way to synthesize it or replicate it. Is this about the people you're trying to save or about becoming the poster girl for immigrants everywhere? You want the president to talk about your family because of you. Because you saved the world. If those in power see what happens when people are given opportunity. You want the glory. I want recognition. I like that they're kind of moving past this, like, honeymoon phase that they were kind of in this season. Um, And that they're kind of showing the cracks in their relationship here with both of them hiding stuff. I still, I like them together. I, they have good chemistry. Um, I'm ready for it to come to something. We have one episode left and there's so much to, to cover in that time, which I, I feel like we were in the same position last season at the end where I felt like we were running out of time. And I, and I want there to be some payoff with what's going on with Liz and Max and I want it to happen this season. And I'm not sure it's going to happen. Well, I, you know, and I liked their conversation where they were later on when they were in the crash down and Max basically bluntly said like, 
you want the glory of having some great scientific discovery or some breakthrough. And, you know, I think he's seeing what Liz is doing in a very different light than maybe what she's intending, because there are times where her, her hubris sort of sneaks in and she is doing these things for a good purpose. But also her power, Max's power tripping and Liz's power tripping kind of are not dissimilar whatsoever. Um, It's just taking different forms. About that scene, I did like that we got an explanation of how she was planning of doing that. Because I know that last week we were like, but if she wants to publish that research, isn't she going to expose the aliens anyway? And that she wants to, you know recreate the protein or whatever it is um synthetically so she wouldn't expose the aliens so i was like okay thank you an explanation was needed for that so she does have a plan um and i like that and i did like um the part about um what was it um the attack you know being at the, at a place a crash count that is you know full of immigrants and that they're always gonna get blamed, you know. I, I, I can't remember exactly what the conversation was, but I did like Liz's approach to that, and Max kind of pissed me off in that scene, like he tends to do. Well, I think the line of, oh, yeah, we can talk about Rosa. You're right, Rosa did get blamed, white people didn't, but be, because of you, <laughs> like because of you guys, right? You're 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 the white people. You're like, your white people. You're white I people. Mean, I liked their conversation. You know what Liz was saying really is true. I mean, people, you know, tend to except for white people, uh, people of color tend to represent their entire race no matter what they do. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think that Max is trying to understand that. And, and the whole episode is about how it would be similar if it were aliens or if we were talking about you know, immigrants in in the U.S. Um, But that line is just like, it's, I think, a little tone deaf. Mm -hmm. And I did like that Liz, um, because he he said, you know, I understand what you're saying. And and I did like that Liz replied, I, I, I thank you for like participating in the, in the conversation, but you won't understand. And I did like that line because, you know, it's always like this with, whatever, you know, minority it is, whether we're talking about, you know, race, sexuality, people that are not part of that community do not understand. Like, they they won't understand. There are people that, you know, allies and stuff that want to, that genuinely want to understand and, you know, and, and want to be part of that conversation, but they never fully understand the actual struggle of being that person. Does that make sense? Right. No, I completely agree. Yep. Absolutely. So I like that that little line that said a lot about, um, I think, differences between, you know, being part of a minority group and, and not being part of, of one. Um, so we get a lot of Max um, and Liz separated a lot this episode, um, which I... I like, and I think that for any ship, we got to see Max with other characters, you know, Max and Jenna, even this completely pointless Max and Kyle moment that I would like to take a second. That was the cutest thing I've ever seen on this show. Like, there was no need for it. There was actually, unfortunately, no need for Kyle in this episode at all. 
And, um, but Max, like, going to Kyle and being like, let's do the Hardy Boys. Let's go do this together. And Kyle's like, sorry, bro, I can't. And then Max is just sad face. Like, it was just the cutest. Max just wants a friend. <laughs> right. Poor, that was, that was the, a, a moment of very few where I was just like, oh, Max, <laughs> he tried so hard. And also, like, right before he goes to the hospital, like, when he says, I'm going to, you know, see Kyle or whatever, when, when he says that to Liz, and Liz is like, oh, and then you and Diego and Kyle can have, like, beers and compare notes. That was hilarious. Like, I was like, yeah, let's do this. And I love that line where Max is like, they don't drink beer, it's not keto. Like, he's not also in, like, ridiculous shape, and he's not also, you know what I mean? Like, I love Mm -hmm. that. That was a really cute, you know, those moments are so few and far between. Those just, like, really fun Mm -hmm. little moments and sort of poking fun at each other um, in, like, a really cute friendship way. We don't get enough of that with characters. Well, and those are little moments that make these characters, like, real people, and we don't get that enough, you know? So, like, you get the, these little moments are where you get the sense that these people, like, genuinely like each other. And we need more of that. I understand there's only 13 episodes and they try to cram, like, three seasons worth of plot into one season. But we need these little moments to buy that they would die for each other or, you know, protect each other. We need stuff like that and we don't get enough of it. I think even even though it was pointless... Even just Max going to Kyle and asking for help, I think shows that's the kind of thing I need. You, do, you know, maybe not something that's no point to the um, story at all, but those moments where they do reach out to one another and that they have this like, you know, burgeoning friendship or burgeoning relationship. That's what we need to see as well. Like it doesn't always have to be the same configurations hanging out in groups. Um, and so I just... Mm-hmm. My, I have so many hopes for season three, but I really, truly am going to con- maintain the hope that I had for season two, that we need to see group things. We need to see different configurations. We need to see what X, Y, and Z. All right, so Max spent most of the episode with Jenna, and I love them together, um, even just like as a friend, friendship thing. Um, they are so fabulous to want, you know, with one another. Jenna does nothing but rip Max a new asshole the whole time. And like, and we love her for it. It's perfect. That's all you need to do is just make fun of Max. Calling Max Watson. I mean, probably added like five years onto my life. Like that was so good. My favorite scene in the whole episode is when they're going through those letters and whatever. And she's, and he's like, okay, all these notes are from Elena to Jim Valenti. This is from the week Rosa died. I mean, even 20 years after their affair, she's still writing. She's still saving her letters. Hmm. Pining after Norteca for years and years. It's so weird. Who does that? I'm like, yes, that's... Wow, what a way. And and I think she's one of the characters who we have been fortunate enough to see their relationship a lot over time, even with the few episodes that she's been in. And so... It makes scenes like that even better because we've seen their relationship go from this sort of flirty work to, uh, you know, fuck buddies to that weird, you know, confession of love or whatever at the end of last season. And now we're at this sort of, you know, bro level. Um, And I so I'm always going to love scenes with them because we've had so much buildup and it's made complete sense. 
Yeah, and that goes back to what we were just talking about with these these scenes that make you buy that these characters care about each other. We've had that with Max and Jenna, which is why we enjoy them so much. You know, you can believe that they're friends. You can believe they have this history because they've had these scenes together to build up to it rather than just telling us, oh, these two would die for each other or whatever. Like, we actually see it. So Max, like, tweaking out because he is out of the antidote. And I'm confused. And maybe it's because I've paid less attention this season than ever before. Why is he acting like it's like cocaine? Jim pulled me aside at high school graduation. He said I was the kind of guy the sheriff's department could use. I mean, maybe but he never let on, but maybe he knew I was an alien, right? Maybe he knew more than that. Okay, Evans, breathe. You're, you're looking a little clammy. What's going on? Nothing. <laughs> no. I'll see. Something's going on, and you're going to tell me, or I'm out, I swear to God. Okay, you can't tell anyone. Yeah, you know I won't. Okay. I've been taking this antidote that Liz made. No, she doesn't know. But it's rebuilding some of my memories from before the 1947 crash, right? I was just a little kid, but I had a destiny. I had responsibilities. Right, you're the, the savior. Yes, whoa, maybe. But I, I'm starting to remember these symbols from our old language. Right? I, I, I remember what they mean, but, but it's like the meaning is just out of reach. And I'm, I'm out of the antidote and, you know, Liz is getting suspicious, so... Mm. No. Well, I, I didn't say anything. Really? Okay, tell that to your face. I'm not using my friendship with your girlfriend to steal alien steroids for you. Okay, our partnership has limits. Is it because I know he's saying he's getting back his like he's ha- retrieving memories and sort of piecing things together. But I'm confused why then that also makes him act like a, a coke addict. I think I think it's more of like an information high than not like the, the antidote itself. Like he just wants more and more information because now he's getting it. It was weird. I mean, I, I kind of, I genuinely laughed at that scene because it was weird. Like it was so weird. Um, and I think. I, you know, Max did this thing. The reason I'm likening the whole scene to like an actual drug addict is because you can see the moment where Max is like, he like angles his body towards Jenna and it becomes like he lowers his voice and it becomes kind of flirty because he's like trying to manipulate. And Jenna's like, back the fuck up. I'm not actually going to do that. And it was, I, it was hilarious. I mean, he can't, he was not doing a very good job of being manipulative. Um, and I love that Jenna called him on it and it was good. Well, she's not going to go there because she's in the process of stealing his girlfriend away from him. Mrs. Steal your girl. Like she's, yeah, it's cool. Season three, Jenna and Liz. Um, so let's move on to Isabel, Maria and Mimi. Uh, the little brief scenes that we got. Man, am I tired of seeing Isabel go into people's heads without consent, right? It's exhausting. Um, I know Maria gave her consent, but what the shit does that matter? You're that blonde, the one that Rosa was afraid of. Hi, Mimi. No, stay away from me. I'm your cool aunt, Isabel. Hopefully we can get to know each other under better circumstances sometime. Sure about this, Toluca? Desperate times call for desperate alien invasions. What are you talking about? Mimi didn't say it was okay, was clearly confused about what it meant. Like, I don't, I did not love that. I mean, I know that it's, and to make Isabel self-aware enough to say it, I guess, is a a step forward. But it's still, 
when is this going to have consequences where Isabel just plows through people's consent? Like, I don't understand. I, 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 those scenes left me very confused. I have to be honest. Like, I did not understand Mamie's involvement in the whole thing. Um, I'm very confused about that whole plot. I think we're meant to be confused. I, right. I don't think there was any resolution to anything. Yeah. I guess all we discovered is that Mimi and obviously Helena, I mean, we knew that. They know one another. They spent time together. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. I guess she said that Helena wanted her memories, like wanted to see the things that Mimi sees to get more information. But about what? I don't know. Well, I think that goes back to the theory that Mimi was involved in Project Shepherd, And, you know, Helena wants access to that info because I you I mean you have to assume that Helena wasn't part of Project Shepherd but she just somehow finds out about aliens or whatever. I do like that it is um Helena setting it up as Helena versus Jesse. Um I do I do actually like that. I think that that's interesting all over Jim Valenti. Um and I so I I want that to be fleshed out more. Like if you're going to do all of this then then give me more Helena is just very confusing to me right now, I think. And I think that you're right. I think it's meant to be a little right. I think it's meant to be a little confusing. Okay, I get the I get why she hates Jesse. I get the motivation there. But why not just kill Jesse? Why do you have to kill everyone in Jesse's bloodline? You know, like that's that's some supervillain shit. <laughs> well, and that's what we're going to talk about here in a little while. But that seems um, that seems a little a lot morally iffy (laughs) like Mm -hmm. it's one thing to be scorned or to be angry because he killed the man that you were in love with yes and if you want to murder jesse mains fine whatever um but yeah that seems like a lot to then Mm -hmm. it it seems overly dramatic like you want to kill jesse mains like there's a whole line of people that will hold him down for you like you don't have to set off a bomb in the middle of a public area to do it kill him kick him in a ditch and i doubt anybody would you know say anything against you they'd be like oh jesse's dead okay let's go about our day like this is unnecessarily dramatic um i think this is a good segue into actually talking about more of the science since we see charlie and michael with helena um because i am obvious like i just said i'm not you know i don't understand science fiction or weaponry or science um i the killing of an entire bloodline that was meant and they tried to justify it by saying well it was meant to kill you know al-qaeda um terrorists and their entire bloodline like why is that better (laughs) why is that you're that's still mass murder i mean i get that it was like charlie says that she had the idea when she was 17 or something like she developed it where she was 17 but she clearly still thinks that it could be a good idea in good hands you know it's not like it's just not and why do these people always and i say that people that develop the weapons like this even if it's only in sci-fi why would you think for a second Mm -hmm. that they're not obviously going to get into the wrong hands what if Someone got a hold of this that wanted to kill, I don't know, anyone, Maybe pick somebody, whatever, specific DNA. How is that ever going to be a good idea? Um, obviously, the point of the episode is that it isn't, you know, that it's going to kill a lot of innocent people. But, like, what a wild justification of, well, 
it was meant to do this one thing and unfortunately it got into the wrong hands. Well, of course it did. It always does. This is like a comic book. Yeah, that was, it's, uh, I don't know. The science is confusing. I don't get the point of it. I just. A lot of times I just have to, I have to trust that the science makes sense. Because if I re, if I try to figure it out, I'm like, got nothing. Don't even know. Well, as someone who grew up watching sci-fi, I grew up on, you know, Star Wars, Star Trek, Stargate, basically anything with Star in it, I watched. And the science was always just kind of like, they said some big words and tossed them together and threw it out there. And you're just like, yeah, sure. That sounds right. I think sometimes you just have to have like a suspension of disbelief and then like, okay, yeah, sure. That sounds good. DNA bomb. Let's do it. Uh, Especially because at the end of the day, it's a CW show. Like they had the, I mean, like, and I, I think it's kind of funny. I know you guys did not watch um, Vampire Diaries, but you know, that's where Karina came from. There's this whole storyline over multiple seasons of, of both of the shows, Vampire Diaries and the originals where like, you kill one person and it kills the entire descent line of descendants. And I'm like, here we go again. Like you could tell Karina came from. Why is that a good idea? <laughs> anyway, I do. I, I love that Charlie was back. I, I love how much Charlie and Jenna love one another. Like they, you know, mm-hmm. easily manipulatable because all they have to do is like threaten the other one and they're going to do whatever they want. I really, the glimpses we get of their relationship, I just, I love that. Like, Charlie was doing all this because Jenna's life was in danger or whatever they said it was. And I just, give me a just Charlie and Jenna all the time. Like, I want to see them, you know, actually, like, together. I would like to see a scene of them, yeah, actually together, exactly what you just said. I would like to see a scene of uh, with them together. But we buy that they care about each other, which I think says a lot, so... And it says a lot about their, again, ooh, ah, perfect. The reason it works is because Jenna's been mentioning her sister for so long. We had a foundation. We had a backstory. We got glimpses of it rather than what this show sometimes does is just plop it all into one episode and then forcing me to, you know, want me to care about something. Whereas I know how much Jenna loves Charlie. I, I, that she's, this has been, you know, well established and I, I so I know you can do it I know you can build foundations for things and then show it to me later and make me care about it. I know you can so do it which is everything. so funny that out of all the characters you know as much as we love Jenna she's kind of a relatively minor character in the grand scheme of the show and yet she's had the best groundwork for her storylines and her relationships than almost anybody on the show what is that? It's so crazy to me. And I think that Jenna is one of the more well-rounded characters that, that they've even created. Like, I understand. And that's why she's a fan right, favorite. I understand her. I, I understand her motivations. Like, it's, it's, it's wild <laughs> whether they can do that with someone who's a, who's a relatively minor character, but yet create characters like Steph, where it's like there's nothing there. So it's like you can meet in the middle somewhere there. If someone's a minor character, you still have to give them um, mm-hmm. some meat to their story or I'm literally not going to care if they die or not. Michael with Charlie and Helena was... Mm-hmm. Michael with anyone new makes my life a lot better. Like, I love seeing him interact with um, other people. Calling Alex a friend. I know. It's dumb. For me to be like, I heard it and I was like, God, yes. He did say a friend and then it's complicated right after. He did say that. 
which technically, I mean, technically for this season is also true. So I guess he couldn't say, well, the man that I was in love with when I was 17 and now it's, you know, I get it. It was just funny because when he said it, I was like, motherfucker, this is not the parallel I wanted with last season, but fine. And then, of course, Helena, the moment where she asks if he wants to see Alex and he literally levitates out of the chair to go see Alex, um, literally yeets himself out of that chair. Like, he's so excited. Um, or not excited, but, like, so, like, a gung-ho, like, right, let's go. Um, I did love that. So, and I, and I liked Michael and Charlie interacting because that gives more well-rounded, like, aspects to Charlie. I like Charlie. She can be part of the science bros. I'm, I'm down for it. I want her to stick around next season. I have a feeling that she will be around more. Um, I, I I don't know why, but I feel like they have um, could integrate her. She's already interacted with more people than Steph ever has, really. Um, I feel like she could be integrated really well into next season. So we have to hope. And I just I just really love Jamie Clayton. I mean, I was such a huge Sense8 fan. I love to see her getting work. And I and so I, just want, I, I would want her to stick around just for that. But I genuinely do like Charlie. I think there's potential there. I think if they lose, if I think if they lose the um, DNA thing, science bomb bombs to create to like get rid of an entire generation of people and whatever, that's a terrible idea. Get rid of that, and then she can stay. It is, and I feel like if she realizes, you know, like this was a bad idea, and then like kind of like tries to make up for it from here on out. Like, by, like, doing good, like, I could be really into Charlie sticking around. Next up is talking about Malik's for the first time, really. Um, the f- sort of first little Malik'sy thing that we got in this episode with Michael seeing Alex chained up and, and actually seeing that he's okay. I love that we see the first thing we see of Alex is that he's like humming my I just have a feeling that's the song he's gonna sing with Forrest which is fine whatever (laughs) like um I'm I am really excited that we're getting hints of his interaction with music that was such a small thing but I'm really glad that it was there that wasn't necessary and I'm glad that it was there no me too I loved it and I'm okay with him singing this song with Forrest because you know who the song's about so it doesn't matter who he sings it with that's fair. That's fair. So um, we got what we have been waiting for since ev- the beginning of time was finally a hug between Michael and Alex. Um, Michael like launching his like tall, lanky body into Alex that had to be almost painful because it was very strong, like literally ran into him. You can mm-hmm. see you can see Alex's face being like, oh, OK, whoa. Yeah. OK. OK. This is happening. OK, calm down. <laughs> What are we doing here? What's going on? All right. And then he like, they like both close their eyes and they just look so like, you know, it just, it felt relaxing and and peaceful to like, just touch one another. Like, good God. You know, like a lot of times this season, and we've talked about it on the podcast and we've talked about it privately. A lot of times this season, I've been like, I don't know if I can stick with this show. I, I don't know that I care anymore. And then there's a scene like that where Michael and Alex are just soft with each other. It's not even necessarily romantic. They're just each other's like safe place to land. And I'm like, okay, that's it. I've, I fucking love the show again. Like, <laughs> I'm that easy. 
I know. And and I th- I think Karina knew how important this moment was because there was a there was a thing on Twitter where she talked about how she made them go and do the hug over and over again because she's like this is their first hug it has to be perfect it has to be right it has to be intense and it it was an important moment and I'm glad we got it and it it was a good hug. It's not the hug that I thought I'd been like envisioning in my head of of getting but it's because it's been so long that I had time to envision what a hug could look like. That's it. Like, it doesn't actually matter. Like, it was perfect for the moment. Um, it fits the sort of the speed and the, like how everything in this episode was laying out. Like, it worked really well. I'm never going to be 100% satisfied because I always want more. Of course. Yeah. And also, I mean, after, you know, Michael going feral last episode, you do expect a reunion to have something like you know, it has to have a, a, at least a hug. You know, a hug is all they can have right now, I guess. Um, so, it, 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 like, if it, if it hadn't had an, uh, the hug, it would have been lacking. So I loved it. I did love the hug. I mean, as shippers, though, I don't know that <clears throat> we would have been satisfied unless they were, like, crying and making out and declaring their undying love like we were never going to be completely satisfied with it unless it was like a perfect parallel with like a forehead touch and like all that you know like that was that's in a dream world that's what we would have gotten but i think it fit really well with it with what where they are and what's going on right now um and you know how fandom is we get ourselves worked up about what we might see and then sometimes it you know it's always gonna fall short um, but that's okay I'm still I'm glad it happened. Amanda, are you in, are you insinuating that fandom is dramatic? No, never. Would never do that. <laughs> we are completely the opposite of dramatic, in fact. We're boring. I loved that. I mean, Alex is just, I know we say this all the time, but he's such a badass. Like, he's like, break my fucking wrist. I just want to get out of here. And I was like, okay, calm down 127 hours. Like, we're not, no one's going to break your wrist to get you out. Like, there's going to be other ways. But I love that he's just like, fuck it. Not only did he want to break his wrist to get out, but he sits there and he's like, yeah, I knew I wouldn't escape, but they took my prosthetic because I tried to beat my brother to death with it. Like, right. Just for fun. <laughs> yeah. And Michael sits there and is like, oh, yeah. Yep. Of course you did. Of course you did. And just like in love, cute little like. Um, I mean, it's just, Alex is, I mean, he's a fighter and I, you know, and from the Alex that we saw in the beginning of this series, even like season one, he's just come into himself so much and not to, I don't want to, you know, woobify or infantilize him or, or lessen the journey Mm -hmm. that he's gone on because he doesn't need it. I mean, he is. He lit, quite literally in this epito- episode takes mm-hmm. care of his goddamn self and he doesn't need, you know, anyone else to really save him. And and, and, and the journey that he, he's been on has been fantastic. So, I mean, he's just he's com- a complete badass. I do get why Michael wanted to leave Alex behind, you know, to sort of protect him because he knows that this bomb is going to um, kill anyone in Jesse's bloodline. I don't really understand. I'm guessing that that Helena was keeping Alex away for a purpose. Like Alex said, she's being maternal and it's very odd um, and that she wasn't letting him out for that reason. Like, I don't know. Um, but Michael leaving him without a prosthetic was 
not the best choice, even if I understand why he did it. Like, I, I, I know he, was, he thought that that would be the most safe place for Alex, but uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I didn't love it. Uh, it did leave me, you know, a little bit... I was a little bit iffy about that. I understand why Michael does it. Like, I understand the, you'll hate me for this, but I have to do this to protect you kind of your reasoning. Um, and we see, you know, five seconds later that Alex can and will take care of himself and get out of it, um, whatever Michael says. But... Um, it did leave me a little bit iffy that he left him there without his prosthetic chain to a wall or whatever it was. You know, Helena's been maternal, but Flint is an asshole and a psychopath. So, and he is he, he's around. Like, it's not like the, the house they're in is, you know, Flint doesn't know where it is. It's obviously some place that he knows because he's there later. So the fact that he's there... And Michael just leaves Alex there. Um, I don't know. It's just a bit, a bit iffy. I understand it, but I wish it would, it had been done a different way. Right, and you know, uh, I, I get that is a trope that is kind of weird anyway. The sort of, you know, I will do whatever I need to do to make sure that you're safe, even if you don't want me to do. That's a weird trope anyway, and it can get really iffy. Um, so, again, it's just one of those moments where I'm like, I see the point. It, I'm like, but still kind of fell a little short. Um, I am glad that we got to see Alex fight his way out, you know, himself. Like, that he wasn't just sort of this, you know, damsel in distress. Um, that he actually, you know, kicked Flint's ass for like the second time or whatever. And it was glorious. Um, so, at the very least, I'm glad that it wasn't Michael rushing in to save Alex in that quite literal, like unchaining him and like saving him in that way that he, that Alex took care of it. I mean, because it makes sense because, you know, he's a veteran. He, he's been in combat, you know, it makes, it just makes sense with Alex's background that he, he know, he would know how to get out of a kidnapping situation. So I, I did love seeing that. I do love that. So the Alex and Flint scene, sort of a natural segue. Um, not only Alex saving himself, but Alex still trying to get through to Flint. Part of it was to keep Flint in the room so he could work through in his mind how to get out. Like, I do believe that he was trying to get Flint to stay so he could figure out how to get out. But I still, I do think, just like he did with Jesse later, that he's still trying to get through to them. You know, he's still trying to get them to see, he's still trying to get Flint to see that he's also been manipulated by Jesse. And that he's also you know, been treated like shit his whole life or, you know, he's just, Alex is a good man is the whole point of that. Also on that, I did love that um, because I was kind of scared that after where they left off with Michael and Alex um, before the kidnapping, I was scared that we would have a moment with Michael being like, ha, I told you so um, because, you know, Alex trusted his, his dad and his family and I did like that he was, we didn't get that. And I did like that he was Alex kind of being like, you were kind of right. You know, maybe I did trust them too much. And I do think that, I do like that Alex is hopeful, but I do think that he needs to set some boundaries of where, how, you know, 
where that hope should go, how far that hope should go. Because it, you know, it doesn't work with everyone. Like, not everyone is redeemable. We know this. And maybe you shouldn't, you know, trust or be hopeful about everyone. So I did like that, that he had this little moment of realization. So now we can talk about, spend the rest of the episode talking about the ending of the, of episode 12. So Crash Con as a whole, um, it was extraordinarily chaotic to try to make, you know, to, to talk about this in a way that makes sense. I think we're just going to have to, you know, talk about it as a whole event and, and pick off what happens to different characters. It was kind of rough to watch Michael leave Alex and then go and be, um, this sort of happy, charming, like, guy having fun, laughing with Maria on his arm. It's not... That, I think, was a slap in the face, I think, a little bit. Um, because, you know, he literally, like, walks into the bar and he's like... Max Evans, surrounded by beautiful women. <laughs> I told you a middle school man, it gets better. Did you just leave Alex chained to a radiator... And then you're going to come out and you're going to like laugh and flirt and tell Maria she's beautiful and which is fine. I don't have a problem with them as a relationship. I don't care. But it, what a weird, jarring decision. Mm-hmm. It's so very unlike Michael Guerin, like the most out of character thing I think I saw this season. Oh, yeah. I don't know so. who that was, but that was not Michael. There is. And also, why, why have an entire episode having him go lose his mind and have him go completely feral and do everything he can to save and find Alex. And then that, what a choice. What was the point? What was the point? Because, and I'm sorry if I'm pissed, but like, I generally this season, it feels like when we have Malik scenes, we have one Michael and then, the rest of the time, it's a completely different Michael. It's like we're watching two different characters. Which I could be okay with Michael being different around Alex than he is around everyone else. That would be fine. But you cannot tell me that Michael Guerin would leave Alex chained to the floor behind and then just be like, yeah, what's up? Let's party. You know, like he would never, ever, ever. I mean, it, whether you like Michael Guerin or not, he would never. It was just jarring. It didn't make any sense. I think there was a much more organic way to have him be reunited. And people are just like, oh, ha ha, you were kidnapped. <laughs> what? Like, everyone's just totally fine with them not knowing where anyone was. I am literally, I'm getting angrier sitting here because like, that quite literally, we're just like laughing it off that he was like, you know, kidnapped by, unno- you know, by Helena and like doing all this weird stuff. Like, but it's fine. Let's have a beer. Right. And everyone was there and you're and they're all like they all know that Alex was kidnapped and they literally just don't care that he was just left behind. Like I don't I So we leave the bar and we go to actual Crash Con Carnival, whatever. Um and then of course the big reveal is that there is a space the, the spaceship is finally assembled and is in one piece, which I kind of assumed was coming, like I, given, given that Alex took the piece, I sort of assumed this was coming. It makes sense. I, Jesse making it so it looks like Max is responsible was a smart move. I'm not going to lie. Like, Jesse's evil, but damn, did he cover some bases here. He's a good villain. 
you know, I do the the callback to the pieces want to be together scene was was interesting. Obviously, they're talking about Malik, so I pretend else pretend anything else is happening there. Obviously, they're talking about ripping them apart with you know blunt force and you know all of this. Like, okay, you might as well just admit you're talking about Alex Michael. I did like you know Michael sort of calming down Max and their little scene together. Um, I think any moment where there's it's sort of a sibling vibe is 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 a good one. We don't get enough of that. Um, and the three of them sort of working together and and you know I that's what I've always wanted was to see groups uh, in this show working together. So that was wonderful in this episode to finally get like group interaction, even if, if sometimes it's infuriating. Um, I never knew that I needed Rosa and Maria to have like a tiny little almost comedic moment, you know, and like trying to save Gregory, who they see and and realize he's in danger. And like, you know, doing everything they can to get him away and like Rosa being the babysitter. Like it was just, again, again, it's little moments like that, where we should have been seeing Rosa and Maria together all along. Because we knew that they were friends. Have we had a Rosa and Maria scene since the alien reveal to Maria? I don't think so. I don't think so either. But I do buy them as friends. So I hope there's more scenes. Right. And I think that that's, we, that's what we've needed is to see more of them together. So I did appreciate that. Max and Flint. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know that I care. I don't, you know, like, I wasn't really rooting for either one of them. I don't. I, I do have a note in here where... How come Alex and Max can get a gun away from Flint, but Charlie can't? Sure. Okay. Um, I'm guessing, is is Max actually dead? God, I hope not. I don't want to revisit that storyline again. Like, please no. I, I mean, I, surely they wouldn't be that repetitive from the last season. You, one would hope. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I wonder if his heart stops, though. I wonder if we're going to finally get maybe, like... Maybe it's it resets something in Max and we finally get this evil Max that we've been warned about all season. You know, maybe this is the start of that. End of this episode, you know, so very important. Alex, Jesse, Gregory and Michael scene. Um, You know, Alex is still trying to appeal to Jesse and say, you know, know, I actually started to believe that you had changed. You never could tell friend from foe. I actually counted on it. Hey. I know exactly who you are. You're gonna let all of these people die and you are gonna let the aliens take the blame. It's high time they got blamed for something, I think. I'm gonna drag them from the shadows. Yeah, and then what? You're gonna use the atomizer to kill them all? Then you become some hero by destroying the enemy that you created? American children are gonna read about the events of tonight in their history books. Dad, listen. Don't worry about collateral damage, son. That's just an unfortunate aspect of war. You know that better than anyone else. You're gonna become your own collateral damage if that thing goes off. Helena Orteco switched the devices. That's not gonna kill aliens. That is set to destroy your DNA. If it goes off, you are going to die in a puddle of your own blood. What are you doing? Are you bluffing to protect the aliens? What I'm doing is I'm trying to protect our family. Dad, if that goes off, it kills all of your direct descendants. Flint and Greg are, are somewhere in here. And I don't care how much I disgust you. I am still your son. It was absolutely phenomenal. Um, I mean, it's going to fall on deaf ears. He's never, ever going to be your dad. Um, but I do love that Alex is still trying. Still trying to appeal to some sort of, some part of him. Now, I loved that. I, you know, I, I love that they've kind of stuck with this Alex is a, just a good person thing. Where he wants to believe the best in people, even 
people irredeemable people like jesse like i hope that that i hope that they don't i hope that alex never loses that so i i loved i loved i like any scene with him and jesse but i liked that one in particular um i would like him to stop trying to get through to jesse though like i don't want him to lose that part of himself absolutely i want him to still be good at heart and still trusting that people are overall good but i do want him to one day realize that jesse isn't ever going to change no matter what happens no matter what like you know i want him to get to that point where he's no longer you know maybe he forms a relationship with gregory and then lets the rest of them go you know i don't know whatever whatever it may be but i would like for him to stop assuming that jesse is a good person because he's clearly not oh absolutely Absolutely there. I just want Alex to continue. I don't want Jesse to ruin Alex's faith in humanity. Gregory Maines coming in and like being the hero of the moment is not what I expected, but I very much appreciated. Greg, you've got to get out of here. It's too dangerous. I know a weapon when I see one. What are you about to do? Alex, I beg you to stay away. No, Garrett, stop. You don't know what he is, son. I know what he means to Alex. Definitely a, a beautiful, like, call back to his conversation with Alex um, a couple of episodes before and like actually doing what he says he wishes he could have done when they were growing up, like actually standing up for Alex and, and, and helping him in some way. Like that's because without that, it would have just been words like, okay, so we have one mains who seems pretty decent, but we don't actually know, but actually getting to see that part of him was good. Like, I'm glad we did that. Right. And also, and also, it doesn't, like, it's not just Alex. Like, it's not standing in between, you know, a gun and Alex. He's standing in, in front of Michael. Like, that's very, you know, he's choosing to save someone that he could, like, he doesn't give a shit about. But he knows how much Michael means to Alex. How does he know? We have no idea. But he knows... He probably, he's very perceptive of, and has seen how Alex looks at Michael. But anyway, um, he's more perceptive than anyone else. I don't know. Um, but I did like, he does win Best Brother Award um, for this episode. And also, number one Malik's shipper, apparently. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to the recap of episode 12. We'll be back next week for to discuss the finale. I'm sure that will be end up being a longer episode, give, you know, depending on on how that finale goes. Um, we'll see you then. Mm-hmm.